Hi, my name is Ray. I'm a compulsive overeater, bulimic, anorexic. Hi, I'm so glad to see you all this morning, and thank you, Nikki, for asking me to speak. Oh my God, I'm so nervous because it's been podcast. Um, okay, so um, let me start with what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. So um, in May, I'll have 26 years in this program. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, um, so, and I turned 52 on Wednesday, so I've been in here like half my life. Okay. And um, today is the 33rd anniversary of my husband's and my first date. So those are like the numbers that really matter to me, more than like the pounds and all that, because I have sustained my time in this program and I've sustained a relationship and I have a very good relationship with my husband and it's really due to these to these rooms because when I came in at 26 I was an actor I was working in my field I um, I was waitressing so I was making money um, and um, I was about 15 or 20 pounds thinner than I am now so I felt like I looked good um, and uh, so I was highly functional in this disease, but my, um, my, my experience was, um, I'm going to jump around a bit. When I was nine years old, my mother put me on my first diet. We went to Weight Watchers, and it wasn't a point system. It was really scary, and, and I was the youngest person there, and I wasn't really overweight, but her fear was that um, my father's side of the family was obese. Her family was very thin, and she was very worried that I was going to go in that direction. So I started dieting at nine. And so my experience with this disease was I was either up 30 pounds or down 30 pounds. And um, so I never really felt like I was obese and I never felt like I was underweight. And so um, uh, but the, the mental obsession with this, um, how, you know, what I was eating, what I looked like, um, whether my parents liked me better when I was thin or whatever that craziness was. So... Um, when I got into program, I was waitressing, and um, my manager, who she must have heard me say, I look fat in this thing, you know, like too many times, and she said to me, you know, there are these meetings to help people like you. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and she said, you know, people who have issues with their body and food. And I said, you know, and she, and she, she said it was Overeaters Anonymous, so I felt like, was she calling me fat? That was what I heard, you know. And so, um, so she said, you know, if you go to a meeting, they'll help you stay on your diet. So I was like, okay, because that was the only thing I could hear, you know. So, um, so I went to this meeting. I, I came in in New York, and um, what I heard was other people like me, and I heard that it wasn't my fault. It wasn't about willpower, and I heard sanity. I heard people who were who had been where I was, and they were no longer there. They were sane. And they were saying about food. And I thought, okay, this is really interesting. I'm going to go back. And so for me, I wasn't one of those people who went in and out. Um, I came in and I stayed in. And I worked this program really hard when I came in. I went to six meetings a week, and I prayed and meditated. I got sponsored right away. I did 12 steps in 12 weeks, which I'm not recommending, but I did that. Um, and the goal was to do 12 steps, 12 weeks, get the hell out. And here I am 26 years later. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I did that. Um, and what I found was I started to have some serenity around my thoughts because I, I really couldn't figure out what people thought about if they weren't thinking about food or getting rid of it or exercising or whatever they were doing. And um, 
I remember uh, I had to, what I did was I, I had a journal and I would write the serenity prayer over and over and over and over and it was like Jack Nicholson from The Shining, you know, with that big. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I did. And so I, I had to replace my thought process. So every time those thoughts came in, I just would say the serenity prayer and it broke the pattern for me. That's how I broke it. And so I, um, I started thinking about other things. And I don't know what I started thinking about first, but I know I stopped thinking about wanting to throw myself in front of a subway train. That's how I came in. I wanted to throw myself in front of a subway train. Even though I was engaged and working and doing all these things, I still wanted to kill myself because I didn't, I didn't think I had it in me to go up another 30 pounds again. Like, I just couldn't do it again. And so I came in, and I continued to diet my first year in program. There was a diet center across the across the street from the from the meeting and I would come from diet center to the meeting and um, and this woman she sat next to me one day because I was just I would cry I cried in every single meeting I went to every single meeting and um, and she just she put her hand on me and she said you know what honey when you're ready you'll get it you'll get it and so I was like okay so um, I just kept coming back and I listened to people and um, what happened originally was I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know when, when I was hungry. I didn't know when I was full. And so I started with three meals a day with nothing in between. And then um, I realized I couldn't do that because I was hypoglycemic and I was literally fainting. So um, I had to have snacks. And then I realized like this is, if I'm going to have like they say, in the literature, it says absence is not a food plan. Again, I speak only for myself. My absence has to do with whether I'm working my program or not. If I'm working my program, I'm abstinent. That's an abstinence I can win at every single day because I have never given up on this program. So I, even if it's just reading one little passage, I don't care what it is, as long as I'm connected, I'm abstinent. That's just me. Um, I sponsor people whose abstinence is three meals a day with nothing in between. I sponsor people whose abstinence is no sugar, no white flour. For me, because I come from such intensive dieting and watching my food and counting every calorie, um, my abstinence has to be all foods moderately. That's what I have to do. And so, um, you know, I, I started hearing, in the, I, I heard somebody say, I eat more normal than a normal eater. And I was like, I do that too. <laughs> I eat more normal than normal eaters, but here's the difference. A normal eater can go and eat. I have to pray, <laughs> meditate, go to a meeting, write down. Like, that's where I'm not normal. And then I can go and I can have a normal meal, you know. Um, but the prep that I have to do to get there is not normal. And so, um, so how I work my program is that in the morning when I wake up, if I haven't if I wake up before the alarm, I meditate. If I don't, then I do my first three steps immediately. I just say them to God and I'm done. And, um, and I always pray to help somebody who's suffering. And then I talk about what's my next right action in my career. And um, so this is how I start my day. Uh, and then I have been, let's see, about two and a half years ago, I had an injury and I couldn't work out. And oh, here's the other thing. Um, I hate to say this in front of Nikki, but I don't like to work out. And so, um, she's a trainer. So, um, okay, so, um, I, I hate to break around and name it on that, but it doesn't. Okay, so, so what I found that I started doing, rather than work out, I started dancing about 10 years ago. Because I was like, I don't, I don't want to get on a treadmill anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. So I found ways to really 
um, to enjoy what I do. And I, I didn't know how to dance, and now I can, I can dance. Um, not great, but I can dance. Um, so, um, so that was wonderful. And um, God, how did I get on that? Shoot, I'm being recorded. Um, somebody want to? Two and a half years ago. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I had this injury and I couldn't dance. Thank you so much. Um, so, um, uh, and I just thought, okay, God, you know, whatever. If, if you want me to gain weight, you want me to lose weight. Like, I really had this kind of give over body and weight to God. And what I found was all of a sudden, my meals, I couldn't finish them. And I always left a, I always left a bite for God. That's, what, that's how I would get in touch with God at a meal. I always left a bite, even if it was like a half of a break, you know. <laughs> it was not the lion's share. But, um, but I always left a, a, some, a portion of my, of my meal for God, which kept me connected at the meal. Um, and then I found that the portions that I was leaving for God were getting bigger. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't even have to try to do this anymore. And for the last two and a half years, most of the time, that's how my meals have been, where I, I take a meal and I go, okay, God, let me just eat what my body needs, and I'm done. And it's so weird. Because, like, I had heard people talk about this, having this, um, you know, like, in the big book, they talk about how um, they, they it's like a moth before a flame, you know, they don't go near it. And I'm like, I don't have that experience. Like, I always want more food. Always. But all of a sudden I had this spiritual experience where I didn't want any extra food at all. And I, I mean, like, I can consciously remember, like, I don't, I don't want to feel that feeling anymore of being full. I don't want to feel that. And it was a real change. It took me 23 years. I hope it doesn't take anybody that long. But I'm a slow learner, you know. And so, um, but now I have, most of my meals are that way, where I just, I can't finish them. And I'm always like, and the other thing is, sometimes I look and I'll go, that's not going to be enough, you know. And then, and then I say to God, can you just make sure that that's going to be enough for me on my plate today? And it always is. It always is. It's kind of amazing to me. So, um, right, okay, so I'm going to jump around. So I got into program, and I started... Um, working the steps, working with the sponsor. I got rid of my first sponsor because she was the one who was really into me doing the 12 steps in 12 weeks. So, and she was a firefighter in New York 25 years ago. There were no female firefighters. You can imagine how strong this woman was. So I didn't didn't want to fight with a sponsor anymore. I needed some kind of acceptance around everything. And so I got a really gentle sponsor who was just like, well, you've done such a good job, you know, and you're going to your meetings and you're doing your thing. And, um, and little by little, the insanity started to lift. And, um, and I remember, like, I started to look forward to going to meetings because I, I would hear the recovery and I was like, yeah, I want that, I want that. I couldn't sit still. I was so, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I just couldn't sit still. And I saw people who were sitting still, and they had this serenity about them, and um, I just, I, I wanted the serenity more than I wanted to even lose weight at that point, um, which was crazy. And I remember I had, I did gain some weight in program because I, first of all, I was underweight when I came in, and I was eating lettuce and mustard, and, you know, like, that was, that was my food, and grapefruit. Um, and so, um, oh my God, so, um, I, I, I had to gain weight, and, and what I found was I had to take responsibility for what was going in my body. This, to me, that's what this, this disease is about, not taking responsibility. I was a laxative bulimic, 
I tried vomiting. It didn't work for me. But I could eat, and then I could take laxatives and get rid of it, and I wasn't responsible. And so what I had to learn was responsibility, you know, which was really difficult. And so I, the first thing I had to do was put the laxatives down and, um, and stop the dieting and, um, and just try and eat without being terrified about eating. And that was, that was so hard for me to not be scared of food because I had good foods and bad foods. And, and I, again, I'm just speaking for myself because I know there are red and green and yellow lights for some people. For me, like I said, because it was so extreme, I had to start letting more foods in. And I know for a lot of people, they say the road gets narrower. For me, it had to get wider. It just, it was so narrow. So, um, so I started eating food because um, when I first came in I I couldn't eat in front of other people I couldn't eat in a restaurant I couldn't um, I, I could eat in one restaurant in New York it was macrobiotic I could eat there if it was at six o'clock and you know I had all these rules and um, and there was this woman in program who shared about how she feared no country no menu and no dressing room and I thought that's crazy, you know? And, um, and now I fear no menu, no restaurant, no country, no dressing room. Like, I can go anywhere in the world and find something to eat, which is unbelievable. I used to, when I traveled, I, I, all my food was with me. I had, you know, and I would go to restaurants and I'd have my scale and my food and, um, and I would bring my own food to other people's houses. And it was just... Um, it was so, it was so fear-based. It was so fear-based. And so for me, what's so great about this program is that I, I don't have fear around it anymore. You know, like if my pants get tight, I don't freak out. It's like, God will take care of it. It's none of my business. And if my food gets a little bigger, God will take care of it. It's none of my business. And I can relax about that. The fear that I had was so... It was, I was so fearful that I didn't want to live anymore. That's how, that's where the fear took me. <clears throat> I wanted to, I wanted to have cancer. Like, I used to pray to have cancer so that I could lose weight, you know? And, I mean, like, um, crazy, crazy stuff. And, um, I've had two children in this program, which, you know, uh, men won't understand this, but women will. Like, you know, like, if you've ever been pregnant, you have no control over your body. That's like a, a, a funhouse ride. Like, you just, you're done. And, um, and I did it abstinently. You know, I did it abstinently. And, um, a lot, uh, some of you know my son is suffering from this disease right now, which put me in another program. And, um, watching his powerlessness and seeing him eat mustard, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, wow. And, um, and I, and he, uh, he had to leave college and he moved back in with us. And, um, is that, is that the last five? Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. Um, so, um, I realized that I had no power over this disease, but I gave him a limit at one point where I said, you know, you can't eat during the night because it's too, it's too noisy. It's just too noisy. There was no judgment there. It's just too noisy. And, um, so he comes out one night and he's doing his thing and um, and I said you know we have a rule here <laughs> and I and I'm it's, I'm arguing with the disease I'm arguing with the disease and I'm like wow okay I get it I get it and I and I just put in some earplugs and went back to bed because I realized 
he's got no control over this. I had no control over this. If somebody had given me a limb, and I'd been like, yeah, right, you know? So, um, so I'm, I'm learning about that, and I, and I see the powerlessness of it outside of myself now, which is really interesting. It's so painful, but it's also really interesting because I, I, I can see, God, I was, I was like that, and, and, and that I'm here today, and I'm not like that anymore. Like, I'm truly not like that anymore. I have no desire to binge. I have no desire to take a laxative. I have no desire to go more than an hour in a dance class, you know, like are people like, go into the next one? Like, no, good, I'm good, you know? And um, like I don't, I don't want to eat lettuce and mustard anymore. That doesn't sound appealing to me, you know? Um, I went out with some friends last night and, and I'm not an alcoholic so I can drink, so you know, we had drinks and we had this lovely dinner and, um, and I was like, wow, this is, crazy like I'm talking to them I don't even care about the food the food is delicious but that's not what it's about I uh, you know like I said it was my birthday this week and, and my birthday used to be about going, I, lived, I grew up in Chicago I used to go out going to the magic pan which was this crepe place you know and that's what my birthday was about like having those crepes and not having my mother say something about it on that day you know and and it's not about that you know I, I, I like to go to a nice restaurant but the restaurant is secondary it's being with friends and, and, and being with my family and, um, you know, like I, I, I get to do my life differently. And I know, like, there's so many people who, when they have a lot of friends who are over 50, and they're like, oh, you know, and I'm like, no, like, my life gets better and better the more I stay in these rooms, you know. Um, I have more vitality. Um, but I do want to talk about, like, the danger, like, what, what I'm dealing with. As, um, my bones are not great. Um, because I, because I starved for so many years, that's like one of the things, thanks, my bones aren't great. Um, I did have a lot of, um, internal, uh, like colon issues for a while. Those are cleaned up, but, um, you know, this disease takes its toll if you, if you do it long enough. Um, and so I, I have to live with that. It's my responsibility. I take care of it. I go to doctors. I, you know, I do what I can, but definitely took its toll. I'm not thrilled about it. Um, but I also see that I started this new business last year and I'm excited about that. Like I have excitement for life because I feel that God's got my back. God's got my back. No matter what, I'm going to get through this. You know, like if I just do one day at a time, I work my steps and I work my steps all the time. When I, like I said, I do one, two and three every day. Um, and then if I have a resentment, I do a 10 step, which then leads to me. And I know for those of you who are new, this is like, you know, it's like Charlie Brown with the teacher. But, um, but uh, it's, it's a new language. I encourage you to learn it because it's, it's a really good language. And, um, you know, and I, and I, I mean, I, I meditate every day. I spread the message. I sponsor. I, I do all these things. Because I want to eat like a normal person, and I'm not a normal person, so I have to do all of these things. Um, and I don't resent them at all. You know, I hear people go, oh, I hate being in this program, it's not sexy, it's blah, blah, blah. I'm so glad it's not heroin. You know, I used to want it to be heroin. And now when I see my son, I'm so grateful it's not heroin. You know, like, I'm so grateful I didn't have to go through that. Although, I did join a cult, and I did do drugs to get rid of this disease, and none of, neither of those things worked. Um, so, um, not kidding. <laughs> and um, what I find now is, 
I just I spread the message as much as I can. I keep my ears open um, to listen to newcomers and um, to old timers and everybody in between because I can always hear something that I can take away, which is amazing. Um, that I can still learn, otherwise I wouldn't keep coming back. And I need this program, like I need this program so desperately because if I don't have this program, I'm going to be wishing I had cancer or throw myself in front of a bus. Like that's, that's where my head goes, you know? And, um, and I, I don't do that anymore. I live a full life and I have great relationships with people. I have a really good marriage and I have great relationships with my kids. I mean, my son going through this disease, he wanted me to be in the room with him with the doctor, you know, like he wants me to know everything that's going on. There's no secrecy. It's, it's kind of amazing, you know, um, that I can do this and, and admit when I'm wrong because I'm wrong all the time and that's really hard for me to do. But I'm just like trudging the road of happy destiny, you know, like they don't say skipping along and, you know, it's not, I'm not skipping. I'm not skipping. Some days I skip. Some days I skip, but it's a trudge. This is not easy. This is really not easy. It's very simple, super, super, super simple, but not easy. And it's it's diligence and responsibility and all those things. You keep coming back. You get 25 years, you know, and you have an abstinence that works. And and I just give it up to God every day and just go, please help, please help. I need help today. And that's the only that's the only prayer I need to do in the morning. You know, just. I need help. I need guidance. Just show me what my next right action is. And that next right action might be get your ass out of bed. You know, <laughs> go take a shower, do some self-care. Like, that's it. And so I'm so grateful, grateful, grateful for this program. I encourage anybody who's having trouble to stay or those of you who new stay um, because it changes people's lives. So thanks for asking me to share. All right, this is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us, any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own, thank you, and that those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Um, and I'm going to restate the question, and then I'll try and answer it to the best of my abilities. And we're going to stop at 9.50. Hi. Thank you so much for your share. Okay, so the question was, what is my relationship with my higher power? Okay. Um, you know, I, I try to, it, it changes. Like everything else, I, I find that um, flex, I'm very inflexible, and in what I'm learning is flexibility through, through this program. Um, and so my relationship with my higher power changes. Some days I'm like, yay, and other days I'm like, um, I, I, I'm being recorded, so I can't say it. So, um, you know, I get, I get mad. Um, and, but I don't go, why me? Like, I don't pity at all. But I really believe that for me, my God, I, I try to, uh, somebody said this at a meeting, it just worked for me. It was like a warm blanket being wrapped around me. And I used to feel like I was, like, in the hands, like I felt like being rocked. But now I'm kind of loving the, the blanket analogy, you know. And I'm just kind of, it's warm and it's, and it's keeping me safe and covered. And I don't need to know anything else. If I just trust that, I'll be okay. And I also have to say that I doubt God a lot. Like, I think, oh, we are all crazy. This is, like, fairy tale crap. And, you know, what am I doing? But my life is better when I believe there's a higher power. It just is. And if that's fairy tale thinking, then so be it. Um, but my life really is better when I believe there's something that's my shoulders. Rel- I, I relax. 
when I when I feel that there's a higher power looking out for me. Does that answer your question? Okay. Anyone else? Hi. Okay, so the question was, have I had experience sponsoring chronic relapsers? Um, yeah, you know, I've got this, this one sponsee who's really, sugar's a real issue, like it's a real issue. And he'll, he'll have a few days and then he'll be back. And, you know, the truth is, I'm not his mom. So I just kind of go, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry that you're doing that right now. And when it's like that woman said to me in the beginning, when you're ready, you'll get it. Uh, it's not, a, I can't, I can't tell him to stop eating sugar. And that's the whole thing about, you know, being responsible. It's not up to me to, like, I didn't even tell me I had to stop eating sugar. I, I, like, he just was in pain over sugar. And I said to him, yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. This is causing you a lot of pain. You might want to think about it, you know. I didn't say to him, you have to give it up, none of that, because it's not my job. Um, so I'm, I'm just there to work the steps. That's, that's my job as a sponsor. And um, But I do find that the only time I've ever, that I have let go of sponsees is if I keep offering suggestions and they keep saying no, 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 then I go, we're not a good fit. Which is not a good fit. So, and that's difficult, but I, I think it makes sense. I've had to do that a few times. Does that answer your question? Okay. Hi. Hi. Can you talk about your relationship with your husband? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, the question was, what's my relationship with my husband, with my abstinence? Um, okay, so my husband comes, his, his mother is, a, is, a, is, a, is an anorexic. So he grew up with this, and um, I'm Jewish, so I can say this. He thought it was a Jewish woman's disease. Like he just didn't, he, like he said that to me. It was just normal behavior for him. He didn't, he didn't know how how bad it was. He didn't know what was going on in my head, and he didn't know about the bulimia. Um, but he's much happier than I'm in program. I gotta say, you know, he's. Um, I, I don't think he understands it, but I think watching our son go through it now. Now he really understands that, that there's no, there's no control. There's no, like, it's, it's completely out of his power to stop this. And so um, that's been kind of helpful, I think, for him, that he's like, wow, it, he's really, like, he can't stop doing this. And I'm like, yeah, you know? <laughs> but he was, you know, he was pretty supportive. Like, he ate at that one restaurant with me at 6 o'clock. You know, it made him crazy. And, um, but... He's been extremely supportive of me through all of all of this, and he is, and our relationship gets better and better because I'm not crazy about this thing on a daily basis. I could be there tonight, you know. I don't know, but for now, um, we have a really good relationship. Yeah, yeah, we have a good marriage. Well, um, could you talk about? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the question was, what is, how do I maintain emotional detachment with the, with the people in my life who are, who are either not understanding or, do, or in the disease? Is that it? People who are really emotionally attached. Yes, okay, emotionally attached. Okay, so with my son, um, I had to go to another program, and, um, you know, and I, and I, um, some days it's really hard, but it's like that when I saw him in the, in the kitchen that night, doing his thing and I I really got like you know like I forget oh we're powerless you know um, so I I'm trying to 
like I want him to go to meetings. I, I want my husband to understand that, you know, we're all sick or whatever. Um, but it's not up to me and I have to, uh, the way I do it, if I can do it, is remember that God has their back too and that they'll be taken care of even if it's not the way I think it should be taken care of. Like, you know, my son's pretty sick and I don't know what's going to happen. And somebody said to me, either this side or the other side he'll be taken care of. And I have to remember that, you know. And that's, um, that's how I, one day at a time, one second at a time sometimes, maintain that emotional detachment when I'm so attached to them. Because, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Right. So the question was, um, how do I take care of myself when I have family obligations, like going to meetings? And I had it came up yesterday. You know, I um, I was going out. Um, I had spent the afternoon with my daughter, and um, I, and I needed like five or ten minutes just to decompress, just lie down, and and she she wouldn't let me do it. She was just like, "No, you're going out," and you know. And I was like, um, "I really need this," and she really wasn't hearing me. And I I finally said, "I have to have this. You're going to have to go now." And it doesn't feel good. My issue is I don't like people being angry with me. I really can't stand it sometimes. Like, I almost, I can't tolerate it. But um, I did it, you know. Um, these meetings don't, ne- they don't really interfere. My kids, they're older. They sleep till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so so I, um, I go to morning meetings. And, and when they were little, I, I brought my kids to meetings when they were little. You know, I, I mean, like, I, I, I worked this program. And in the last few years, I've worked it harder than I, than I have since I came in, um, just because I need to. And, and it, uh, the more I work it, the more sanity I have. And I need, I still need sanity right now. So, does that answer your question? Yeah. Hi. Hi. After you define your actions and also in moderation, did you have internal variation? Yeah, you know, what I used to do prior to this, this new thing where God kind of takes care of it, um, I would look at the plate and I'd say, you can eat half of that. You know, like, I, I, in my mind, I would know what a portion was because I learned what a portion was. Um, and then I would have that, and that would be it. So that was, I, I could define it that way, um, and that was really helpful for me. So, and, but the problem was, I was just like, eating, done. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of hard to enjoy it a lot of the time, whereas now I eat very mindfully, I eat very slowly, and I really enjoy my food. Like, there are days when I'm like, I didn't taste that meal. Oh, right, I'll get another one later. That's new, you know. Um, so I'm really trying to taste my food and be mindful of it, rather than just get it down, and be done. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Really giving it up. It's really interesting because. Um, I have the same breakfast every morning. I have this little bowl of whatever it is. And some mornings I want to finish it. Some mornings I don't. And I always go, okay, God, it's up to you, you know. Whatever you want me to eat, I'm good with it. And, and that means 
finishing it. As long as I leave the one bite, or sometimes it's like a Cheerio. Um, but as long as I leave the one bite, I'm okay. Um, oh, and I don't do seconds. I never do seconds. That helps me. Yeah. I mean, I do have some behavioral things, you know? Like, I, seconds is a big one for me. If, once, if I get into seconds, I'm done. So, yeah. Okay, so the question was, am I, am I hitting myself in the head for the health consequences that I did? Um, do you know they say we won't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it? There's nothing I can do about it. My bones are, you know, my doctor is like, your bones are not great, you know, which is unusual for somebody, she's been checking my bones for a while, and she's like, what am I going to do? They're not great. You know, I did the damage. I have to take responsibility for it. Um, but, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. It could have been a lot worse. I have friends who've got teeth issues that are thousands and thousands of dollars, and I'm really grateful I didn't, I wasn't able to throw up. Um, you know, I've, I've taken care of a lot of it, and some of it, I, I, you know, health-wise, I'm, I'm pretty healthy other than, what I know about my bones or not. They're just not great. Yeah. What do you do on a daily basis for your program? Um, okay. Uh, what do I do on a daily basis for my program? I get up at like time and meditate. Um, first, second, and third step. And then I give my food over to God, give my day over to God, ask to be of service, what my next right action is. Um, I try to get to a meeting. I get to meetings probably six days a week. Um, I only exercise three days a week, four at the most. I walk, um, and I do a gratitude list every night. That seems to be really helpful. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like the gratitude list. In fact, this morning I was like, oh, that's going to go on my gratitude list. I realized I saw something moving on my floor. It wasn't, I, it was like whatever it was. Um, but I, all of a sudden I went, wow, we didn't have any ants in the house this year. Like, we have ants every summer, you know? And I was like, I'm kind of grateful for the fact that I don't have to battle ants right now, you know? And I know there hasn't been any rain, and that's part of the reason, but I'm grateful for that. That's going on my gratitude list tonight. I haven't had to deal with ants, and, like, that's a big deal for me, you know? So um, it's little things like that that I, 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 I file them away, and I go, oh, I'm going to do that later. You know, that was a pretty tree. I'm going to put that on my list later, stuff like that. Does that answer? Yeah. Hi. So the question then is like, when how to deal with the resentment of somebody else's eating? That directly affects you. Yeah. Um, I do ten steps. The, the way they're the, the way the fourth step is done in the big book. If I have a resentment, immediately I, I do the columns. The way it's done in the big book, again, I'm talking another language, but, um, but you know, you're around enough, you'll get it. My sponsor also has me do a fifth column. If I were living a spiritual life, how would I do things differently? And that's the one that really helps me, because then I can, and then, so I would do that, and then I'd call her, so I, that would be my fifth, and then see what the character defect is, and then, um, and then if I have to make an amends, make an amends, whether it's to myself or to my husband. 
Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I just, I mean, honestly, every time I have some kind of discontentment in my life, I'm so quick to do, it's just automatic for me. And I can, I can do them in five minutes. I mean, that's why my sponsor is always laughing. She's like, call me back in five minutes. Because, you know, like, I'll, I can do it in five minutes. I just, I'm so, I'm, I, I've been doing this for so long that I know how to do that. It, it doesn't mean that I have any more wisdom. It's just like, I just, I've, been, I've been in practice doing these, yeah. Sure. Right. Okay. So the question is about um, frequency with sponsors and sponsees. Um, my my sponsor trusts me enough to know that I call her when I need to talk to her. So I can go days without talking to her. I, I call people in program every day, but she's more like, she's somebody who I check in with when I go, I'm, I'm, I don't understand what's going on here, or I need to, you know, I need to turn over a 10 step or whatever it is. Um, and she's always like, oh, you're doing such a good job, you know, and so she's very, she's very nurturing, or she'll, or she'll say to me, I had an issue a few years back, and she's like, you need to clean that one up. Like, you need to clean that up. So she's honest, but she also knows that I'm working a spiritual program, which is really all she's worried about. And she knows I'll work the steps all the time. With my sponsees, I have sponsees who call me every single day. And I have sponsees I haven't heard from. But again, I'm not their mom, so I'm not calling them. Um, I don't want anybody. I, I've got two children of my own. I don't need any more, you know. So, and I don't know anymore. You know, like I, I, I have to say to my kids, what would you do? I don't know what you would do. You know, like, it, they're old enough that I can, they have to start thinking about how they're going to solve things. And, and when we come into this program, it's, it's, like I said, it's about being adults, you know. Like, I, I came in at 26, but I was really, like, nine. That's when I started dieting. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to take responsibility for anything. So, um, as, as a sponsor, as a sponsee, for me, it's in, it's important to let them make their own choices. But I know for some people, they need to call their sponsors if they don't hear from them. And again, I love that like we can do it any way we want. There's no way to work this program other than working the steps. And you, beyond that, it's all up to us, which is kind of great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks, Ray. Uh, have you ever had a, a time maybe earlier in your recovery where you <coughs> find the need to check out? I haven't had that experience. The question was, how do you check out if you're not using food? Um, you know, I will have a drink too many every once in a while. I mean, it's like sometimes I do need to check out. And, and I'm not, it's not like I'm doing it every day. It's not like I want to do it. But there's, uh, there are just some days where I'm just enough, like enough, you know. And um, I get outside help. Um when this whole thing went down with my son, I'm somebody who was like, I'm never going on medication. And I had a lot of judgment about medication. And I went on medication. I had to. You know, like my doctor was like, you have to go on medication. And it wasn't about depression. It was about anxiety. I was just like triggered all the time. And um, so it's not exactly checking out, but it's more like taking care so that I don't need to do that. Um, but I have no judgment about any of that stuff anymore, which has been a, um, a gift. It just, again, gets me closer to God, gets me away from the judgment, and just we're just trying to do the best we can. You know? <laughs>